I hit record, so whatever okay. you say I'm goes in the books. <laughs> um, I'm going to set this up so that we look and sound awesome. Okay. When we talk about Tom Cruise and his wacky, wild adventures into there was Scientology. A, yeah, there was a moment I was watching some video of Tom Cruise today, and it felt like I was just watching a movie. It was so unbelievable. But was it a movie? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't just a Tom. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like I was watching The Firm. <laughs> thing. It was like it was just him accepting that award. Just making sure, because yeah. you say Tom Cruise, yeah, very likely could be in a him. movie. That's what he does. Yeah, could have just been Days of Thunder. Well, I wanted to start out. Well, first of all, welcome to the Conspiracy Dad podcast. My name is uh, Dante. This is my co-host yeah. Dave. Hello. And uh, we're so glad that everyone is here. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to yeah. usher these ideas of these fringe ideas into, I don't know what it's like for you, like, uh, as far as your sphere of influence, like, I don't know how big the podcast is going to get. Very I feel like big. it's big enough right now because <laughs> because um, even just in my sphere, like if I'm, I'm just going about my day-to-day -day life, uh -huh. pretty much almost every day there's like some dude, some dad that pulls yeah. me aside to say something about the podcast. That's, That's like, good. yeah. hey man, when's the uh, next episode coming out? Or, hey, I just finished the whatever. Perfect. And it's enough yeah. to keep me like going like, okay, this is this yeah. is a worthy endeavor. This is a worthwhile. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I hope to God I, it I is. don't get it from other dads. <laughs> I get it from uh, my my boys' friends, like like the I, kids. Yeah, the kids are watching the podcast <laughs> more than one. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> more than one. I know we've said explicitly this is not for kids, which is probably what makes it appealing to boys that are like in their preteen years. That's funny. Yeah, um, but more than one of so my the, friends, the kids are sons, watching us. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. Oh, yeah, I like your podcast. Yeah. And then... <laughs> what age range are you thinking? Like 12, 14? Uh, yeah, like 10 to ten to 13. Like probably not quite up to 14 uh, yet. That's a lot of pressure now. Uh, yeah. What yeah. if we say something wrong? <laughs> well, As if we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think the beauty is uh, when you're at that age, 10 to 12, you're spouting off all kinds of inaccuracies. And you're not really being checked for it. I mean, Have we really grown that much? No, that's the thing. <laughs> man, the more I study these things, these oh, conspiracy man, I have, theories. I forgot to hit the switcher again. So they've just been looking at me. Been, oh, that's all right. Well, they're not you, I guess. Uh, Usually I leave it on you. The I think more it's I look switch. into these conspiracy theories and the more I study like genuine bona fide history. I mean, I say that, take it with a grain of salt, bona fide history as our government would have us to know it. Yes. Um <laughs> The more I see, like, yeah, we, particularly dudes, don't change that much. We we get a take on something when we're 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we spout it off for a while, and if we don't get checked, we just keep saying that, which kind of reminds me of what you were saying about the baseball game. <laughs> it's like, I don't know that people change all that much. Yeah, but... I wanted to start with this idea of um, we just finished, oh gosh, I'm not on camera now, but uh, Sliders Baseball is my son's team and I'm head coach. I think it's funny that I, you, I've not seen this logo before, but a turtle with like speed lines behind it. Well, like that's the thing really that people fast. don't know. Everybody looks at the, and they go a turtle and they don't, 
slider turtles are very fast. Okay. That's the thing you think of. If I was a slider turtle, I'd be pissed at all the other turtles because they make <laughs> everyone think the tortoise and the hare. But if you walk by an Oklahoma pond mm -hmm. and you walk and there's like a slider turtle on the, on the side of the pond, it's like incredibly fast. It's just like zip, zip, zip. And it's in the water. Really? Yeah. Right. How do you not know this? You're an Okie. I don't spend a lot of time paying attention to turtles. But trust me. So sure. turtles, generally speaking, very slow. Yeah. Red-eared slider turtles, very fast. And they slide into the base, which it's funny. Oh, like, that's pretty cool. I think, I hope not a lot of the moms and the team are watching this, but the moms kind of complain that I'm encouraging the kids to slide even when it's not necessary. I'm like, every time, like, slide, slide. Yeah. We're the sliders. We're going to slide, you know? And they're uh, like, oh, they're sliding. Is part of the strategy to like uh, commit and not be afraid of sliding? No, it's it to just... be proud of who you are. You're okay. a slider, so you slide. It doesn't right. really matter what the play is, what's happening. If you have the ability to get dirt on you and slide, yeah, okay. you slide. Yeah. We train them to do that. I mean, that's that's half of the practice is oh, just man. learning to slide. And so uh, we just played a team and I was observing, um, I'm going to speak in gen general terms now where people might be offended, but the older I get observing both young people, old people, old people, young people interacting. There's, there is this thing. Have you ever seen that video of the dad who's coaching little league and he's talking about winners and losers and he's telling the kids like these eight year old kids, he's like telling them like, you know, uh, the reason to be here is to win and to beat, beat the other team into the ground. And if your dad told you you're here to have a good time and to, you know, play fair, it's like, I hate to tell you, but your dad's a loser. Have That's you ever pretty, seen that? No, it's I really not. funny. You can look it's it up on YouTube. Funny. It's had a lot of views, but, um, anyway, I don't want to make it so black and white. Is mm -hmm. the world full of winners and losers? It might be. It might be that yeah. like there's people. I'm only saying like you can see. So we just beat the crap out of this other team. And you can see the other dads. I hope they listen to this podcast and they hear what I'm saying. <laughs> As if they can. Those sliders are so spiteful. But they got mad at me because we're winning. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think there's two kinds of people. The winners, this is the mindset. When you're when you're a winner, if you're not winning, you immediately think, what can I do about totally. that? You go, yeah. you go like, what can I change? Yeah. And the loser, and I've seen it in grown men, grown men yep. that should be ashamed of themselves, that that it's like they literally don't look to like, what can I do? What can my they just look for an excuse. They look for Absolutely. it's his fault. It's his fault that we're losing because mm -hmm. I don't know. He dropped the ball to 30 seconds before he should have or something. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there's just oh, some yeah. like, and it's like, dude, we're like 10 points ahead. Like there's no 10 runs ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, but I see it. I think it's ingrained in a lot of people. It's like, you're either a victim or you just, you man up and you just do what you, you yeah. do, what you can do, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I try to be pretty vigilant with my boy when I hear any kind of language of she made me or he made me or well but they yeah i'm like uh -uh, no somewhere before that you could have happened to that's life. your job as a dad absolutely is yeah. is yeah. because it is natural for young men and women to do that yeah. when they've not integrated as an adult mm -hmm. your your knee-jerk reaction is to say it's his fault mm -hmm. you know 
we had a play. The other team got a grand slam on mm-hmm. us. And my son playing first base was upset because they have a one throw over rule. So like if you get a overthrow of first oh, base, okay. you're only supposed to do sure. one base, but it was actually overthrow of second base. So, but he comes to me like, like after the play, like I'm like, dad, it was an overthrow. I was like, no, it only counts for one. After that, it's anybody's game. You know what I mean? So, okay. but that's natural to like, he was immediately like blaming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's weird is when you're like 15, 16, 17, 30, and you're yeah. still in this psychological place where in the, me- the, the, the minute that you come up with some sort of losing situation, you, your go-to is victim. Yeah, your go-to right. is, well, somebody did this to me. Like somebody, somebody's to blame. Yeah. It's not me. Well, no, certainly. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's two things come to mind. One is like Jordan Peterson talking Cain and Abel, you know, being spiteful against your ideal. Yes. You know, like yeah. jealous. Um, but more specifically, uh, I listened to an interview with James Clear, who wrote that Atomic Habits book, Habits, Atomic Habits book. I've heard of it, but I've not read it. He's probably my favorite, you know, self-help, self-improvement type dude. He's like a little less you know, cliche lip service and a little more like simple, practical steps. Um, One of the thoughts that he put out on the interview I heard today was, yes, there are circumstances that everybody's born into. Not everybody's born looking like Tom Cruise, but um, the more good habits you put in place and the more you practice those habits and a better structure you put your Mm -hmm. life into, the more you can start to make luck start to bend to your favor, right? That's an interesting concept yeah. because I've heard people talk about, is luck a thing? Mm-hmm. And actually it is a thing. Yeah. But it has more to do with like your wiring, like yeah. what you're looking at, what you're looking yeah. for, yeah. Um, your map of reality. Mm-hmm. And if you change your map of reality, it does seem like you become more lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's something to... he talked about in that interview. Like we talk about the simulation having rules and the simulation mm-hmm. likes it when you play to the rules. Being uh, agile enough to recognize that whatever, you know, you're banging your head against the wall in this in the simulation. And then, you know, as soon as you figure out that the code doesn't operate that way, all of a sudden... I think there's a lot of people though a little that... smoother. Like at a young age, maybe something happens... They don't even know to consider that. Correct. Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I think it's a lot of people, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know the numbers. I'm guessing half the well, population, maybe more. Maybe maybe it's that Pareto distribution. Maybe it's that 80%. Yeah, could be. Where it's like yeah. the 20% that actually do the work. The 80%, they don't even know that anything is wrong. They just think that's just operational mode is yeah. blame, blame, mm-hmm. blame. And not like, there's no self-reflection mm-hmm. And so how do you get somebody to be self-reflective if that's like not in their nature to be self-reflective? Get them into sports. I mean, I just I... left the game and they lost <laughs> and they got butthurt about it. Well, but my point is uh, I wasn't a big proponent for youth sports before I had kids until I started mm. seeing, you know, it's that same old adage. Ah, well, the chances of them going pro are so slim. What's the point of them even playing? Yeah, that's nothing. And that to do is with it. not that's at not, all. That's a loser Who attitude. Cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. No, they're not going to be a pro. But what they will take away from it, hopefully, is like in this instance, this other team of losers, um, Hopefully, some of those boys next year are going to end up on another team. That first baseman, right? I'm going to try to scout. Yeah, so yeah. 
you know, the, some of these boys, and I would venture to guess on how many kids are on your team? 12? 11. 11. Odds are one of those kids doesn't have a great home life. One out of 11, right? Um, so just having one out of 10 kids coming into a situation where there's a solid male presence that's like giving them input and going, mm -hmm. hey, you can change your, your situation. Yeah, that's really what I think of like when I helped coach the basketball team, there was a boy that was lost and you could see every... <laughs> this dad you should know who you are but you probably don't <laughs> the dad would drop him off and i just think this kid doesn't have a chance the dad is completely lost <laughs> um hopefully at least for an hour two hours a week he can be around me and this other coach who's got his act together and start to kind of open his eyes to the idea that there's another way to go about things um, and have some kind of positive influences on his life. That's right? perfect. Yeah. So that to me is a big reason to get your what, kids into What sports. you just said is a perfect segue into the, a new direction I want to take the podcast that oh, I haven't even okay. discussed with you. I hope <laughs> right. you're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but it being a conspiracy dad podcast, yeah. I thought it'd be cool if we start... The first half of the podcast will be like dad talk. Great. Yeah. And the second half of the podcast will be conspiracy talk. Okay. And we can offer the world even more than knowledge about the Illuminati and the Bilderbergers <laughs> and all the, all the things. We, we will give them, I mean, if we do that, if we deliver on dad and conspiracy, why wouldn't you watch this podcast? More than once when we've been going through some of these stories, um, I'm Usually I gravitate towards some dad in the story. I mean, obviously. So you are. That's who I am. That's where I gravitate. And just on the way over here, I was getting some like last minute, you know, cramming for what we're talking about. I'm listening to the interview of Ron Miscavige, whose son. The dad who left David. Scientology. And yeah. it's just heartbreaking to think that this guy, you know, he he's trying to find a cure for his son's asthma. His son is about the age of our boys playing baseball, mm. right, uh, around nine. And Ron goes, I'll give this Scientology thing a shot. Fast way forward, and we'll get deeper into it later, but his boy becomes the head of Scientology, and now he and his son are estranged. Wow. Right? And it's like, you know, as the dad, you really feel for the dad going, well, you you brought him into this whole thing. It's all your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. <laughs> Don't try and blame it on Hub on Hubbard. Okay. Okay. So for the dad section of this podcast, I thought there were two things we'd talk about. Winning and losing and Atwoods. Oh. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed the spread. Yeah. We have before us. But one of the things I tell dads, I don't even know if it's in the camera. Can you even see it? Yeah, you can kind of see it. Okay. So if you're in Oklahoma, you know what I'm talking about. But I've said it for years. Like Atwoods is the greatest store ever made in the history. Like, like, here's what Atwoods is. Atwoods is a Russian black market, except legal and cheaper. <laughs> so if you go into Atwoods, like this is my diet, and they might cut me open one day and say, like, oh my God, what did he it's eat? A lot of sodium. But like you can you can live off of Atwoods, oh, yeah. like pickled okra. I mean, I buy it by the gallon it's, at yeah. Atwoods, and I eat it, and it's beef sticks like you don't need real food you just eat beef sticks you know what i mean you just if you just eat beef sticks and okra and some you can get pistachios I, but it's not regular pistachios it's like i don't know like way more pistachio than you get and it's cheaper it's like you go to like really? you go to target to get pistachios they're ripping you off it's not a good deal yeah so 
that was my second advice. I don't know if you have an Atwoods experience, except you can buy uh, uh, an AK-47, you can buy chicken food, you can buy beef sticks, you can buy a chainsaw, you can buy a lawnmower, you can buy anything you need to survive at Atwoods. So yeah. if you're a dad and you're not going to Atwoods, this is, I would say, go. Get I'd say, over there. you know, there's no reason not to. Yeah, you sold me. I don't make it to Edwoods all that often. Um, but I've been going too many other places for all these different things when you don't I could need just to. be going. Just go to Atwoods. Yeah. And uh, they have free popcorn. So if the kids come along with you, or if you're just a little bit peckish, just popcorn. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I said peckish. That's a, a British term. Peckish is good. It's okay. And if you're peckish and you're in the middle of a project, you're not wanting to like sit down to a full-scale Mexican dinner. Yeah. Well, I don't want to oversell get... the popcorn because last time I went in, <laughs> my daughters got it and halfway through, they were just putting the bags in the basket. I was like, do you want your popcorn? I'm like, it's disgusting, dad. Thanks. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, it was free. Yeah. So get what you pay for. Um, but if you're, that's one of those things you tell your kids, if you're really hungry. So if you want to help yourself to any Atwood's uh, food, go right ahead. I agree. Basically, the beef sticks, pickled okra, pistachios that's what else does your body need i don't think i don't think you need really anything else that's, water that's fine just yeah, water, water on top yeah. of that i think that's it i've been living off of it for over a year so you look great <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's the uh, dad section of the podcast i hope you dads uh, take something from that if you have an opinion about atwoods if you have an opinion about uh, winning and losing uh yeah. leave us a comment and uh We'll debate it. I, if you uh, if you could think of a better store than Atwoods, I, I can't think of one. I like to think that whenever they were coming up with the concept of that store, they're in a boardroom and they're like, "We just need a store of everything that you need." And no, I don't know if it happened in a boardroom. It's farmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's guys that were just right. like, "What do you need?" Yeah. Okay, we're gonna sell what you need. And then while they were getting their store together, they're walking through and they're like, "I'm kind of peckish." They don't even turn the air conditioning on. You walk around, there's just big just, fans. Okay, yeah. They're so like practical. It's like well, you the don't doors need to are heat open and cool and this closing, whole, exactly. Yeah, big fans, yeah. you know. And if you're at Atwoods again, chances are you've been working on a project, so yeah. you've been out sweating and you're doing stuff. So you're not, you're not going there. No for one a shows spawn. up there by accident. That's for sure. Yeah. I like that about them. That is... Do you think we could get an endorsement from Atwoods? Possibly. I'm going to talk to them about that. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I'm buying my beef sticks in okra. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Scientology. Yeah. Um, we left off with kind of the death of Hubbard, but I know you put together some show notes, which is awesome yeah. to keep us more Just organized. Trying to get... A little bit better. You, you, every time. you look like you got a little bit of the end of Hubbard in there, and then mm -hmm. you're going to parlay us into yeah. the uh, Miscavige mm -hmm. takeover. Yes. Um, and I did do, I told you last week or last episode that I I looked at Hubbard's.org site mm -hmm. as a resource as well. And so I just thought it was interesting to like juxtapose the two um, because Hubbard's.org explains that like well he just kind of retired you know he went to his home in california on his ranch and just pursued his photography and wrote fiction which he hadn't done for something like 30 years um he wrote oh, like, really he took that long of a break he took like a 30-year break and then busted out uh a 10 novel series well, after, say a lot yeah he did uh 
Battlefield Earth, which I believe Travolta did a yeah, movie became of, a right? terrible movie. Yeah, people gave that a hard time. Uh, and then Mission Earth was a ten volume series, so he like gets right back into his old pace of writing. The thing I thought was pretty interesting was he also composed uh, three different albums of music. I don't know if they were like film scores necessarily. I wanted to ask about that. Did you look? I didn't like, check what, the what, music like out He's yet. writing lyrics. He's writing music. He's doing both. I mean, what? Uh, looks like he he composed three albums worth of music. So it doesn't say necessarily that he did any lyrics. One of the uh, the first album that caught my attention was the book soundtrack well, Space Jazz. I was going to say, well, what genre did this fall in? Jazz. But jazz? more specifically, Space Jazz. Space Jazz. That's the first one. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jazz <laughs> is bad enough. You do Space Jazz. What the hell is that? It's all the it wrong notes in of... space. Yeah. <laughs> you know when Napoleon, the brother, is doing the keyboard? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's Space I Jazz. I love technology. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So... Um, I'm I'm not clear. My understanding was that Hubbard spent the last few years of his life on a yacht because he was trying to avoid any kind of uh, legal actions that were being taken against him. Very clever. But uh, the Wikipedia says he lived uh, in a Bluebird motorhome um, on his I ranch. I saw that. So I'm not really clear. What's the legal difference between being in a Bluebird? Like, why did you have to be mobile? I don't know. It's I like think I'm on a yacht or I'm on a, like, he's just ready to go spent, at any time. Yeah, like in the very late 70s, early 80s, he was in this motor home in the Pacific Northwest kind of motoring around. Now that makes sense to me. You're more elusive, right? They can't quite nail down where you are, especially at that point. There's no internet or GPS. Um, Why he went to his ranch, which I saw a picture of the spread and it is enormous yeah looked, um, i saw that on there he goes to his ranch and he hangs out on his motorhome for the rest of the time they really make sure. really nice motorhomes that's you, true you yeah. know, i've been in Kokomo's a few rentals a beautiful one. he still got it it's a trailer it's not a motorhome it's a but it's yeah. nice yeah they make them nice hardwood like, floors uh we've thought about buying one i haven't yet he but... says kokomo and hubbard both get a lot of use out of them and they prefer that to normal dwelling well, homes <laughs> yeah well maybe hubbard was doing like kokomo said he got back off the road hey help flying. yourself to that okra if you feel uh, like it buddy i'm not gonna chew and eat so but i'll get chew and to speak. it okra is one of my favorite snacks um it's the brad pitt thing was that right so like if you look at brad pitt his best scenes he's eating uh, or he's smoking yeah. in every scene he can't he's not he's not engaging enough like he's not like a Sam Rockwell. Hmm. Sam Rockwell, you just he can he's, sit still. He's on the scene. He could be doing anything. You yeah. want to watch that guy? Brad needs some sort of like oh, I'm eating Look an like apple and I'm yeah. talking to you about whatever I'm doing. Yeah, he's so cool. So this is my Brad Pitt right now. It's pretty good. <laughs> he's with your mouth full. <laughs> I don't think that's how he does it. The ladies are gonna love it. <laughs> really makes you appreciate his ability to do that. To be able to. I bet it's actually really hard. I heard an interview with Brad Pitt's brother who sells insurance. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, somehow he got a thing where he could do some commercials and he was uh, coming as Brad Pitt's brother, but he was talking about like in the behind the scenes and he was, he was talking about like he was on scene for the first or on set for the first time. And he was like, it was really hard. Like I had these lines and everyone's looking at me and there's all these people around yeah. me. And it's like, I had a new, a new appreciation for what my brother does. Like <laughs> I, I thought it was it is, all yeah. kind of silly. 
You try to do it. You stand up there and have yeah. a, a bunch of people around you judging you, and you you just do your thing. Yeah, try and look natural when you're doing. Well, that's why he needs very he needs the apple to chew on or something. Yeah, that makes sense. So Hubbard Hubbard was in hiding, um, and while he's in hiding, he's delivering his orders to David Miscavige, who is at the time is like twenty one, um, and Miscavige just assumes power is the phrase that I keep hearing over and over again. Is this coming from these the Scientology side of things? Like they even say like, hey, oh, just took um, over. The Scientology story, I believe, their account is that uh is that Hubbard sent a message that that's <laughs> funny because it's like Miscavige goes to the Scientology community and he goes, Hey guys, I got a letter from LRH <laughs> And he Dude, shrugs his shoulders. These cults are I, awesome. You can just kind of make up whatever you want. It says here he wants me it to be in like charge. It looks like his signature. So yeah, there's there's a point in there's no accountability. There's a point in this story somewhere where, like, somebody gets promoted, and then Miscavige comes back, and he goes, "Uh, turns out LRH said that's not actually what he wants. <laughs> he he wants me to be in charge, and he wants this guy out of the picture. Um, and there's no. Nobody really Everyone gives you just, push. They just kind of go, oh, that's, that's a cult, a, man. That's a cult. It's really weird. You're just... Um, the only thing I wanted to point out that I thought was funny about Hubbard's.org was um, the reason I did screenshots on the show notes is for some reason, I guess because those are slides on mm -hmm. the website, you can't copy paste the text. But, um, you know, I did a screenshot deliberately with a pop-up window in it. And the reason I did that is because... Throughout these screenshots, so if you go, let's see, what's the site? Because if anybody wants to check it out, it's pretty funny. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard with two Bs, dot org. Uh, it's pretty easy to find the slideshow. But they have these kind of hyperlinked words throughout the slideshow, which makes you think that those link to more information about the L. Ron Hubby, Hubbard story. But they don't? They don't. When you, what are like, they linked to? This sentence here. Um, this is the slide talking about 1981 to 1983, where he writes uh -huh. Battlefield Earth. So when you hover over the word, uh, the sentence is a saga of the year 3000. It immediately garners international acclaim. The word garners is highlighted. Like maybe that's going to take you to yeah something about the international acclaim. It's just a definition of the word garner. <laughs> Collect or accumulate as if by gathering. This is throughout all this is of this. This a very shrewd PR this campaign. It's really weird. <laughs> it's throughout. I mean, this is slide 33 of like 35 slides. No, that's designed for uh, specifically to give the illusion of transparency, but it's actually not telling you anything. Okay. So at a glance, I'm supposed to go, look, there's little links to yeah, it's give verified. me more information. Yeah, it's verified. They verified what Garner there means. Is, and it's, again, every slide you hover over and it's just vocabulary lessons. It's really strange. And... It's almost like, I mean, the way I took it was, am I supposed to be impressed that you use the word garner? And now you're like, see, and I even no, know. No, but yeah, I, I bet it's a, a psychological trick to like, it, like, like to just offer some sort of validation of whatever it is you're saying. It doesn't really matter what you're validating, but just it's just, it gives you you're... some sort of like, you know, this is, it's third party. What's Webster Dictionary? It's still third party. You know what I mean? Like it's just some sort of thing yeah and you go well, yeah but you're not validating what he's saying he's like but that is what it's saying yeah oftentimes i cite the research that i did um and you can talk about source materials but a lot of this is just podcasts and wikipedia you know it's not like i did any 
investigative journalism, you know, like what is right exactly. Investigative journalism. How did they investigate anything before <laughs> Wikipedia? Um. Anyway, well, before we go much deeper, I wanted to mention something. You might want to stop talking right now. You might okay. want to just be like, ah, I'm that's out. all. But I was listening to a podcast with a certain academic, a religious studies academic that I really enjoy, and um. She's written a lot of books and she's very well known. Okay. And it's about the UFO subject, which we could do an update on that too. My God, we were totally, yeah. totally glazed over the fact that the government said that there's UFOs <laughs> and, and bodies and stuff. Bodies yeah. and all kinds of stuff. But somebody asked her on this interview um, her opinion about Scientology. And she talks about aliens. She talks about everything. Like she's just kind of a very open person. And she was like, I don't talk about Scientology. And he even the the podcast guy even pushed back and said, "Well, what do you mean you don't you don't have an opinion about it?" And she said, "Well, no, they'll sue me, so I don't talk about them." And that was it. He he took the he took her cue and just stopped questioning okay. her. Okay, That's I that. wanted to scream like, "No, you cannot talk. You cannot say that you're a re religious studies person." Yeah, and then say, "But that to me was kind of." Um, I don't know if that exists right now. Like, I do know that that was the case 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Most people, like, they would sue anybody that would talk yeah. about them. And now um, it seems like she's still, I mean, she's well known. So what's the difference between us? Like, are they going to sue us? I don't have any money. I so get. I don't know what you're, you're going to get. <laughs> you know? I guess you could get my expedition or something. Yeah, I, have, I have two vehicles <laughs> at any given Tahoe. time. <laughs> One of them is working. <laughs> That's so, why I was late over here. I was buying car parts for the broken car. I've but got. but isn't that strange that somebody even today like she wouldn't Still, even talk yeah. about Scientology because she's afraid of litigation. Yeah, it's um even just giving an opinion. How can you sue me for my opinion? Well, and the weird thing when you she's yeah, like you said she's a religious studies expert. Yeah. They are very deliberate about using the word religion when they refer to themselves. Mm -hmm. Ever since they got their nonprofit status in the early 90s and any anytime anybody that's from Scientology like a representative of Scientology is talking about an attack on them it's it's a religious you know they're being they're being uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, um I don't know they're <laughs> they're 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 being persecuted, persecuted yeah. exactly okay. for their religious beliefs and they're very quick to throw the word religious and we're a religion and you know but wouldn't every religion inherently persecute you? That's like, part of the... Like, yeah. uh, like, I can't make this claim that, like, what am I going to go around, like, every Protestant pastor who says a bad thing about the Catholics, I can sue them to say, <laughs> you're disparaging the name of Catholics. It's inherent that they're Protestant. They disparage the name that's, of Catholics. That's, that's their namesake, they yeah. <laughs> they, they protested They would be Catholic if they didn't protest yeah. the Catholic Church. Right. Uh, same thing with the Jewish faith, like what you would, you know, they'd say, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. That's despair. Yeah. No, you're persecuting, yeah. but they're Jews. They don't believe, you know That's what I mean? Right. Like you can't yeah. sue for that. You can't be yeah. like, well, I guess unless you just, I don't know, run the government or something. Operation, what was it? Snow White? I guess they do, you know? Ooh, yeah. But it, it seems like weird legal ground to say like, you cannot express an opinion about right. this religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that you think that's actually real? Like, have they won any lawsuits? Well, I would guess that that woman that ne <laughs> neglected to comment 
probably just is kind of, I don't need She doesn't the want the headache. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it takes I can't a- imagine that they would win that. Like if they were yeah. going to sue us over this, first of all, we're idiots. We're not experts in anything. So, and you know, are we defaming anyone? I guess Tom Cruise, he's a public figure. But we were talking last time about how awesome he is. Yes, yeah, true. But even so, I did learn that in college. I don't know in what class, but like, if you're a public figure, you, you don't have any grounds. Like, mm. you know, if Trump wanted to sue everyone that said a bad thing about him, the, the line would be so long. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't. Like, if you're a public figure. So, Tom Cruise, even if I said Tom Cruise was, you know, uh, killing babies with the Masons and the blood trough, not saying that's true. I'm just saying, like, if I said that, like, he can't sue me over that because he's a public figure. And I mean, he could try, but he's not going to win. Yeah. Now, Wait and see, like, would it be funny? Like two years from now, like, <laughs> like everything's gone. Where, Tom Cruise yeah. just like cleans me out. Episode <laughs> 150 of this podcast. It's all going, hypothetical, Tom. You okay, it. I don't need to. I don't mean to disparage you. I love your movies, but your religion not so much. Yeah. Anyway, so do you want to move forward with sure. Miscavige? So, uh, Miscavige and he assumes takes over. power. It just what was pretty interesting to me is he's 21 at the time he does this. I mean, he takes over about, the whole. Religion at 21. Yeah. Uh, you talk about winners and losers. This is a guy that sees the opportunity. And Man. I mean, I would say that's weird, except there have been like popes that were like 10. It's crazy. Which in hindsight, bad idea. There like, are probably wasn't a good of, idea. Uh, Miscavige, when he's, you know, like 13, he's auditing people, which the comment I heard somebody else <laughs> make, like, oh, can you imagine that? You're, say you're our age, you know, you're late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> You're raising children his age, and this dorky kid is, like, asking your darkest secrets. But what if mm-hmm. he said things that really made you go, like, oh, gosh. That would be pretty surprising, yeah. I don't know if he'd say anything to impress well, me. who knows? Maybe he would. Maybe it'd, it's like that idea of, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like, yeah, you, like you think, like, oh, yeah, now nah, he wouldn't impress me. But then, like, if you're actually there, I don't know. Maybe he'd say something I'd just think. He's the it's one. Like, it's like the Golden Child, yeah. The Eddie Murphy movie, yeah. Um, so at the time, uh, Miscavige comes in twenty one. We're talking about early eighties, so this is right on the heels okay. of all of this fallout from the uh, Operation Snow White, IRS infiltration, uh, and the Mary FBI Sue Hubbard, comes down on him like a yeah, ton of bricks. Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue, is is taking the fall for all of this, and. Uh, at this point, the IRS has the upper hand, and there's this giant bill of back taxes. A billion dollars? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. It's a, I believe it's a billion dollars. Jeez. Um, and so Miscavige goes right to, work, right to work and establishes a new corporate structure to the Church of Scientology, which, my goodness, for a early 20-something-year-old guy to, to have the strategic foresight to put this in place it's pretty impressive so maybe when he was 13 he did have some good insights but um it was probably all tom cruise's idea could have been how would how old was tom tom cruise would have been about like in the outsiders right around yeah he was was really just about to shoot top gun he probably told him what to do (laughs) he's his best buddy he was the best man in his wedding um so I, I don't know that Tom Cruise, it's not to say he's not smart, but I feel like Tom Cruise is such a good 
face and mouthpiece for Scientology. I don't see him as being the. I have no reason strategist. to think that. I'm just, I'm just like you. Just like the idea. I'm just hoping he the... sues me one day. <laughs> you just, now, you're, now you're just getting points on the board. Because <laughs> it'd be nice. I mean, it would be kind of funny. Like if you think realistically, if Tom Cruise literally sued me for this, that'd great, be kind of funny. Yeah. If you were destitute, <laughs> I might lose everything, but it'd yeah. be still be funny. <laughs> well, I, I think that's why Miscavige's dad wrote his book. Was he leaves Scientology? He's got nothing, and so he has to write a book to scratch up some money at the end. Huh. Um, anyway, early 80s, uh, they establish a new corporate structure. And so he ousts Mary Sue Hubbard. She was the leader of the Guardian organization. She's forced to resign. She's not happy about it. As far as I understand, Hubbard didn't even know about this for a few months. What is that on his RV? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. He's in his RV. Nobody told him for like a few months. And there's a little section in one of the wikipedias i was reading where he it's an account of him writing like he feared that she would be angry and want to divorce him and i'm like yeah well, no shit man you <laughs> got her indicted on all these counts against that her. a while back i mean <laughs> yeah you okay it's total like typical narcissist sociopath think, that he's like you think she's gonna at be the mad? point that she's like you think she'll be upset at me about this maybe yeah <laughs> Nah, he'd be fine. I can't believe he just said that out loud. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, let's see. So I looked into a few of these groups that they put together, and um, you know, you've got like the Religious Technology Center, Watchdog Committee, Author Services Incorporated. Now, Author Services Incorporated is the entity that is a it's a for profit organization. They're the ones that kind of reap all the benefits of all of the Hubbard books. Okay. Now, when you look into them, what's interesting is a large amount of their profits go to a donation that was, uh, I forget what it's called now, but it's something like, it's not Scientology, but it's like the the Academy of Science of Church. I mean, it's it sounds a lot like the Church of Scientology, but it's just kind of a different order of words. Um, but when you look into that, it's just an organization that Scientology created. <laughs> That's a nonprofit organization. So it looks to me like, and, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, we're just idiots and I didn't look and I'm not a CPA, but I think what's happening is they're selling all of these books it's for like profit. a shell company. Yeah. yeah. And then they're just donating the money to their other nonprofit yeah. to write it off. Very smart. Pretty good. Um, I'd do the same thing if I was it's Miscavige. Not bad. <laughs> so uh, 1986, Miscavige announces Hubbard's death. And also announced recent orders for Pat Broger to be a promoted to loyal officer. Um, oh, this is it, what I was talking about. So Miscavige gets in front of all the Scientologists and he announces like he shed his mortal coil. LRH is no longer physically with us. Um, also, guys, uh, turns out Pat Broker, not in charge. Uh, that was a forged document that said he was oh. in charge. Uh Really, I'm in charge, so let's just get that straight. So that's so you think that Hubbard wanted Broker I think maybe to take he over, did, um, or maybe Broker did the same thing that Miscavige was doing. They were both jockeying for power, and Miscavige just happened to be able to get in front of a bigger audience and yank it out from under him. Um, more than one interview I listened to, like uh, the the thought was if Miscavige didn't snatch up the power somebody else would have done the same thing mm -hmm. it wasn't like he's uniquely diabolical nature abhors a vacuum yeah nice that's not 
I didn't. I know you, but I, but you're like, yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, let's see. So, uh, throughout the course of the '80s into the early '90s, the Scientology has a whole team of people devoted to causing problems for the IRS. You would think that after this Snow Patrol thing gets found Snow out. Snow White, yeah. Excuse me, not Snow the Indie Patrol. Rock Band. So Scientology formed the Indie Rock are Band they, Snow are Patrol. Are they Scientologists? That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be pretty weird to find Wasn't out. that Death Cab, is that the same people or is that a different band? Different band. Okay, but, Snow Patrol. But I wouldn't be equally surprised as, to see them on uh, the Equally as troubled about their relationship with their <laughs> fathers. You know, they probably journaling just as much about probably their fathers. Didn't play a lot of youth baseball growing <laughs> up. Yeah, neither one of them. They get equally lazy eyes with the hair. You know what I mean? Like the wonky eye from the hair over your eyes. Yeah, they were. <laughs> get your hair out of face, son. Can get, I get, get you a, to do a buzz cut for the eye. summer, please? Yeah. Um, and in '93, finally, if you want to look into it more, you can. There are a lot of accounts of things like. Similar to that Operation Snow White, we've got Scientologists just doing kind of a private investigation thing on individual IRS agents, just digging up dirt on them. You Trying know. to scare them. Exactly. And so um, if you've got like an hour and a half and you want to watch David Miscavige give his speech of when the war is over, um, he's referring to the war against the IRS. Yeah. Um, and so about... About an hour and 15 minutes into this. No, it's it's like a two-hour video. An hour and a half into it, he announces that the war is over as of October. Well, thank God. <laughs> yeah, October. I believe it's October 1st, but it's 1993. Is he even the person in a position to declare if the war is over? At that point, he is. Cause but, that, but wouldn't that be the IRS that well, would declare the war is over? He was announcing that the IRS had declared them a nonprofit organization. Okay. So he's that's just the phrasing that Miscavige used. You know, the war yeah, is typical over. Typical narcissist. It's yeah. like flipping this on. Exactly. Like, I, you know. Look what I did Look for what you guys. I did. Yeah. Um, I have to admit, when I watched that, I was thinking, well, it's like, you know, barely 10 years into his time there. And he's, he solved a major problem for them. I mean, it's the biggest problem they have. Um, more than one interview I listened to was they were upside down. If you factor in, I mean, they're getting a lot of donations from just their regular, uh, their regular Scientology folks. And then large, large donors like your Tom Cruise mm -hmm. type people. Um, has that anybody said, ever documented how much money Tom Cruise has given to Scientology? I never heard a number of what Tom Cruise has given. Though. I wonder how much they he actually gives versus they're just like, just having him on board is worth, it's it, worth you know? it. Yeah, Like maybe he gives like nothing. It's like all but in, yeah. lopsided. But in like credibility points. Because yeah. I don't think that people like you and me, outsiders, put a lot of credibility into, well, Tom Cruise is doing it. I should too. But, I don't know. I bet a lot of people in Hollywood do. Well, that's where I was headed with that is something you alluded to last week was, you know, you get somebody like a Tom Cruise on board. And now all of a sudden, if you and I are aspiring actors in L.A., oh, yeah. I'm going, well, whatever he's doing, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And then you get in there and there's a Jenna Elfman or whoever and the dude from that 70s show and, you know, just. Who lots, just got convicted. Yeah. That guy's going to prison. for Yeah. Not like uh, resort prison. No, like, like real federal. prison. He had yeah. a, he was accused of rape. Yes, by like three women. Yeah, and originally it was like overturned. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's just like, yeah. nah. Over, overturned. Over, That's, overturned, and you're going to prison, buddy. bad news, Bears. Uh, what's his name? Um, I forget Danny his name. Danny something. Mm. He played Hyde on that 70s show. Yeah. It's a shame, too, because he's a pretty likable character and actor. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Here I am feeling for the guy. Danny Masterson. Masterson, yeah. I mean, golly. This is one of those cases where... It's an Epstein kind of thing. Everything is going really well. Or not well. an Epstein. It's a, uh, what's his name? Weinstein. Yeah. And the thing is, these these counts are being brought, they're accusations from long, like I say a long time ago, 10 years ago. I mean, he's... Yeah, but still. I'm not I mean, saying he shouldn't be convicted for it. I'm just saying, if you are him, you're kind of like, ah, guys, come on. I thought we were past this. Yeah, yeah, but I think the climate's changed in a good way, I'd say a yeah, lot, in right. that I think there was a lot, like, I could see back in the early 2000s, just kind of, yeah, get away with whatever you want yeah, to. Yeah, it's back in that Weinstein uh, time. Yeah, and now it's like, well, no, buddy, if you... Uh, well, it's not like the women forget after 10 years, yeah, right? I mean, no, I, I say, uh, if he's guilty, throw him, throw him in the... Golly, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, the fact that he's a Scientologist just makes it even creepier that you're like, yeah, no, you probably are. Get out of here. Get out of here, you wacky. Yeah. Well, the point I was making was if you're a, a no-name actor and you're just aspiring to get some success, even not thinking about Tom Cruise, just the fact that your community is involved in Scientology, you're going to maybe not even be that bought into it, but you're going to participate just because you want to be in that I'll tell you, world. I learned... Okay, I was... I was involved with a certain TV program for like this long. And is this where you played the Russian waiter? No, this, no, okay. this is legit, like a uh, big, big TV show. It wasn't that 70s show. No, was it? it wasn't. <laughs> but I was involved with auditions for the show. And um, it's, it's insane to see, like, it's a reality TV show. So like, that's a little bit different, but not really. But I did like immediately realize like there are people here that if a, if a director went up to them and said, if you cut your hand off, I'll cast you in the show. Yeah. They would do it. Mm -hmm. They're, they're crazy. They're like, yeah. and, and there's that level of like, they want to be famous so bad they would do anything. And so even on like, just on some level of like, even if a percentage of the people attracted to Scientology are of that mindset, yeah. that's a very dangerous... Whatever it takes. They yeah. would they'll do whatever. And so yeah. you look at like, oh, how do you infiltrate the IRS? How do you get people to be just your your minions to do whatever? Yeah. It's not even hard if you're in Hollywood. Sure. You just, of... you just say, I'm Tom Cruise. I need a little help. Yeah. They're not going to just help you. They're going to cut their arm off and do whatever you say. Mm -hmm. And that's... I mean... It's I'm, part of the genius of that early story of L. Ron Hubbard thinking to go to LA. Yeah. Like, where are you going to find the most emotionally needy people that want validation Hollywood, constantly yeah. that, yeah, like you said, that are willing to do kind of anything to advance? Like, it's a pretty good guess, Hollywood. Well, uh, do we want to touch on Tom Cruise at all? Do we want to move Just, forward to uh, some of the other... I mean, if, if there's anything you want to get into... The... Is there anything salacious that'll definitely get us sued that we well, can talk about? Well, it's, it's nothing that hasn't been said before, <laughs> really. I mean, anybody that wants to watch Going Clear would say would okay. see the same stuff we got into. I mean, he and he and Miscavige are bros. 
one of them was in the oh, other. Talk about the crazy video. I remember watching that a long time oh. ago with the turtleneck. <laughs> He's yeah. talking. It was supposed to be like him talking to all the Scientology yeah. people. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't think like this could get leaked. It was, I, I think that was all of the- Before the internet, really? Yeah. And, and again, I, I know I keep saying all the interviews I listen to, all, but I listened to a bunch and, and I heard a lot of the same kind of comments from more than one person about a number of different pieces of this puzzle. And one of the things was- when LRH put Scientology together, it's long before the internet. You could just, you could be a but shyster. But just making a video. Sure. I feel like if the if the Masons got anything right, is they they stopped yeah. the cameras at the door, and they <laughs> yeah. said, "No, you're not you're not bringing that in here. You're what, what we do in here is it's not a, the secret society means no cameras, right. not any cameras. See, yeah. the you're kind of not capitalizing on what you get with a Tom Cruise, if you don't That's have true. him very tempting. make a video like this. Yeah. And at the time that he made this video, we're talking about like, it's on hardware. It's a local drive holding this video. It's not like it could get leaked. Do you, leaked think, they let, do you think they let Tom like keep all the hard copies? <laughs> like He's like, I'll do it, but I get every copy my manager has yeah. and nobody else. Yeah. And they just like, know. like, I pinky promise, Tom. <laughs> you got it. You got <laughs> this video. If anybody has not watched it, I, it's not hard to find on YouTube. It's just, they use the just, mission impossible soundtrack yeah, on it. And yeah. when you say they, it's not like somebody funny on YouTube uploaded this video and put mission impossible music under it they scientology produced yeah. this video we're with, gonna save the world yeah and, and it has this it's it's similar in tone to the lronhubbard.org website and also into some other websites that i went to and the scientology.tv a lot of style and no substance the it's got a like a real raspy voice actor at the beginning Tom Cruise in Scientology saving the world. And then it's got that Mission Impossible. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's a little bit darker rendition of the melody, but Tom Cruise is just throwing out little sound bites. They're not coherent thoughts that lead one into the other. It's more just him going, yeah, you just, you know, if you're not bought in, don't even come to me without the, I mean, KSG, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're here, right? So come on. I mean, if you that's a pretty don't good, even that's a pretty good Tom Cruise. I just watched it an hour ago. It, it reminds me of like uh, when after A New Hope uh, Star Wars came out, uh -huh. the, I think ABC uh, somehow got them to do a Christmas special. Are oh, you really? familiar with this at no. all? Oh, man, <laughs> I just changed your world big time. OK, so. Maybe there's other dads out there that know, don't know about this, but Steven, uh, was it Spielberg that did? Am I, am I getting my... No, it was uh, Lucas, George Lucas. Okay. So when they did A New Hope, uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and the other guy, I forget his name, uh, the one that no one really likes. Uh, uh, no, no uh, Luke Skywalker. What is the oh, actor's name? Uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Whew, uh, anyway, so they weren't famous. And so... They get approached by ABC to do this Christmas special, and it's awful. It's the worst thing ever made. And uh, Harrison Ford would never talk about it for years. There's even, you can look up interviews where he's on talk shows, and somebody will broach the subject. And he's like, like you could tell he's really mad that they even brought it up. And and uh, I guess Lucas tried to buy back all of the hard copies. This like, is... he was doing everything he could to get like that out of the world, and you still couldn't get it out. It was like, you know. 
But it looks like 1978. Yeah, it's Star right, Wars right holiday after. special. They were none of them were famous, and they had the, they needed the money. And I'm Chewie's sure he's cooking. He's throwing carrots into a pot. Dude, it's bonkers. This I've watched is, like most of it. I couldn't finish it. It's like three hours long, is, and yeah. it's it's like uh, it's just bad 70s TV. It's it's the worst. This is yeah. Have you you got to? It's you very easy clips? to find. Yeah. Oh, now it is actually like. Like 10 years ago when I heard about it, you, it was kind of hard to find. And a buddy of mine had a hard copy of it. And I had never That's... heard of it. And he was like, dude, you got to watch this. And we sat down and watched it. And it was hilarious. But it was like shocking. You're like, I cannot believe that you've it, never seen this. It was a but quick Google. All I typed was a new it's Hope open Christmas like, special. It's out there now. And even I think, uh, I know Harrison Ford, at least, he did like a, uh, he went on Conan or something. Uh -huh. And he brought it up and he did play a clip of it. Oh, but cool of you could tell he was like making the best of the like this is the worst do? this is the yeah. worst thing it kind of reminds me of my son found uh you know mini discs did oh, you yeah, ever have yeah, a mini yeah, disc I had a mini disc my son found uh our mini disc player mine was it like old your one, old demos it, from it's, it's oh. yeah it's like yeah it's like acoustic demos in a band that i was in i mean i don't want that out no. there yeah no <laughs> yeah so it's got to be worse if you're Harrison If your kid Ford. wants to be a musician, mm -hmm. here's my musician dad advice, <laughs> is for the first 10 years of them recording things, record it and then stop them from ever putting it on the Don't internet. Don't do anything with it. Do oh, not. For sure. Like, yeah. like you tell them, that's great, son, that's great. Keep, keep going. Yeah. But don't let it go on the internet yeah. because it will suck, whatever it is. Sure. I mean, I have the same thing. I have, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't want anyone listening to that. Yeah. No, you need at least ten years of recording before you go. Like, okay, that's that's decent. You'll like yeah, that. You'll like yeah. that when you're old. But yeah, we even have tracks, old mm -hmm. Hawks recordings that I cringe, and I'm like, ooh, it's not great. It's okay. <laughs> it's where we were at the time. Yeah, but, but it doesn't mean you want everybody I don't to want see the, it. Yeah, the, you know, the entire world to remember right. that. That's yeah. that's what I did. Golly. You know. All right, um, let's let's button up Scientology here. Okay. I think we got Well, let's skip ahead. I mean, if you want to look into the hole, then you can. That's uh torture premise premises that they've got. Um, oh yeah, that they've 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 got a long and history that's, of uh, uh, there are a lot of accounts of David Miscavige. Miscavige just hits being, people. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, like, and like if you do, make him mad, he's just gonna hit you. Yeah. He would do kind of totalitarian totalitarian style things where he just would be so erratic with his reactions to things that people were constantly working like his executive board members are just kind of constantly trying to please him because they don't want him to react badly and yeah take him to the hole which if you want to look into what the hole is do it um the hole is this a uh isolation kind of room it's uh it's one of their old office complexes and uh it's just where they put i mean they would put you know 30 40 of the these high upside Scientology folks to sleep in old offices and old conference rooms and they wouldn't let them out Gosh, of these places. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. So um, we'll come back to that, but I mean, it's kidnapping is what it is. Um, it's kidnapping, except it's legal because they volunteered to do it. Is that how they, yeah. Yeah. To what I understand. I mean, I think they, they had uh, court cases about it too. And it okay. was, it did come down to, no, you signed up for well, this. You signed a billion year adult. contract. You yeah. signed a billion year contract. Like it, it is the religious aspect of it. Technically you owe him like, yeah. what, 900 million more years. Yeah. Really. Well, more than that, 999 yeah. million more years. But, <laughs> um, 
Um, no, but I think I think there were legal cases, and it was it did come down to um, in this country you do have the freedom, even if you're brainwashed. And I, I mean, I don't know where that line is, but there is a line where you go. And I've listened to uh, Scientologists who have come out who are now critics of Scientology, mm -hmm. and and it's heartbreaking because they people who grew up in Scientology yeah. and they've always, that's all they ever knew. And, uh, yeah, it, it took a while, like, like decades of their life gone to just, you know, working like crazy, yeah. like sleeping three hours a mm -hmm. night and just doing whatever until at some point they start to break through. And then they, they realize this is nutty and this is crazy. But the question of, are they being abused? Um, Legally speaking, if they signed up for it and they're an adult, no. Hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's lots of religious organizations that could fall in that category that do um, unpleasant things. Like yeah. they don't treat their people well. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that they're abusing them legally or there's some sort of legal grounds to mm -hmm. go after them? I don't know, probably not, you know, mm -hmm. you're a free person to leave. And, and a lot of them do, they do leave, but, um, there's a lot that still don't. I mean, yeah. 25,000, I guess, or roughly speaking. Uh, well, here's one. His wife is missing. Yeah. That is, that's I mean, a weird if one. If you look into science, she's been missing for like three years now. A lot longer than that. Oh, really? <laughs> um, oh, excuse well, she's, me. she's dead. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't shouldn't laugh. Oh my god, that's well, terrible. No, I'm about it. The so if if you did you how long follow you Leah Remini at all, uh, that's where she really started to have her break with Scientology. Leah Remini, uh, we mentioned last week on King of Queens. She grew up in the Church of Scientology. Uh, she goes to Tom Cruise's wedding and is asking around like, "Where is Miscavige's wife?" And everybody's kind of like, "Who?" And then uh, she got concerned enough that she files a missing persons report and the police come back after a couple of days and tell Leah Remini, she's fine. We talked to her and Leah Remini's going, well, where is she? You know, and they go, she's fine. So kind of a vague answer to Leah Remini. She's not pleased with that answer. So is she's still fighting for this. I feel like she is. Like yeah, she's, she's still... still, I mean, she was pretty vocal about it on Rogan's interview with her uh, a year or two ago. So She's still hot about it because it seems like something she, you could get to the bottom of pretty quickly. It seems like is it, she but alive? Is she it's where not is she? Terribly different from what you were just talking about. Yeah, she with, signed up for it. You know, yeah. There's no evidence that she's been murdered. She's just not around, and she's just not publicly. That's what you got to do. Is you got to get rid of the body. Yeah, I the, guess. You remember that movie Snatch? Where they have the pig farmer. Yeah, that's right. It's like, always, always be, be yeah, wary of a pig farmer because the pigs will just eat anything. I don't Turkish. Yeah. I'm sweet enough already. <laughs> um, Mike Rinder is uh, kind of an outspoken uh, former Scientologist. He was, I mean, I don't know if he was second in command, but worked very closely with David Miscavige. He said uh, if Miscavige were to pass away for whatever reason, he wouldn't be surprised if Shelley were to pop back up like he said i'm not sure that she's dead she's definitely in hiding and by in hiding the way i understood it was like not necessarily voluntarily in hiding um or maybe not i mean or maybe that's yeah. kind of a weird concept what if you decided to just go into hiding what's wrong with that 
because people would, there are certain people, even just with you, that they would like your family, your friends, they'd kind of freak out and they go, he's just gone. Sure. And you go, I I want to be gone. And you go, (laughs) well, you can't, you can't just disappear. It's like, well, what Uh, if you want to, what if you just want to go off grid and disappear? And if you've been running an organization like Scientology, which Shelly Miscavige was heavily involved. That's a good point. She wasn't, you might just want to go off You grid might just go, I've had say, enough of this. I'm, I'm going to take a break. For, it's like Breaking Bad when they, been, uh, when, when they they saw Goodman and... They, oh, sure. Yeah, they calls just, the vacuum guy. The vacuum guy and, and they just... Disappear. He yeah. disappears, yeah. <laughs> um, she went missing in like 07. That was the Golly. last time anybody saw her. So she's been gone for a long, no 15 years. No one's seen her since then. Nobody knows know. where she is, yeah. And... um. So, uh, I kind bet of she a, shops at Atwoods. I bet you're you right. Know, when she she's needs probably supplies. just living off. Of, <laughs> she's probably got a couple of chickens that provide her with eggs, and she yeah. just eats those and the pickled okra. And she uh, makes probably a, a monthly trip into Atwoods. Yeah, gets what she needs, goes back she's to back the out. woods. Yeah, Atwoods. It's yeah. a much easier existence for her than being. She's probably in great shape. Oh yeah, know? leathery hands though. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> So, funny thing, uh, now Miscavige is missing. Have you heard about this? I didn't know that, actually. Uh, it's as of when? Just as of the beginning of 2023. So well, that's not too long. No, but... What's, Especially for guys with yachts. Well, but you know? what's weird is he's like... Hubbard runs into all these legal problems and he just takes off and gets on a yacht, right? Or goes and hides in an RV. Miscavige, you know, he's you know, fighting the good fight for Scientology. I couldn't find anywhere where he like made an announcement. I'm going to take a hiatus or anything like that. It's just, he kind of just up and disappeared. And it was the news story I read. What was this? Uh, well, he's missing. See. What's the current state of affairs of Scientology? They're still running, but it says, uh, let's see, insider.com. Church of Scientology leader David Miscavige has been hiding from federal human trafficking lawsuit filed against him. Oh, jeez. And the religious organization against uh, against Scientology. So um, a judge ruled this week at the time the article was written, which was, I think, February of 2023. A judge ruled this week that he has now been considered served in the case. So, somebody I mean, found him somewhere. I read well, but um, here it is: attorneys for three plaintiffs in the case attempted to serve Miscavige a total of twenty-seven times at five different locations in Florida and five different sites in California, but were never able to track down the Scientology leader. Um, so. The judge, I think, just shrugged his shoulders and said, "We've tried to reach him. We're going to consider him served." Now he's, you know, now he's on the run, I guess. I mean. So there must be a timeline on when that, when he's supposed yeah, to show up probably, in court. And yeah. This could become a really interesting news story. Yeah. With Masterson being convicted oh. and, you know, Tom Cruise, like Tom, Is whether you want to or not, too? buddy, you're getting pulled back into the, to the spotlight and this is going to become an issue. Yeah. I mean, um, especially if Miscavige is uh, dead set on not being brought to justice. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I just, you know, as we're looking through all this, I think a lot of people are familiar with most of the things. If you've looked into Scientology, you're familiar with the Going Clear documentary. You've heard what Leah Remini has to say. You might be familiar with Mike Render. Um, But this Miscavige thing is pretty new development. Well, we'll have to do a follow-up six months from now when we go, did anybody find him? 
Yeah, I don't know where he is. And again, it was kind of hard to find any news stories, anything after February of 2023. There's, well, there's still financially a massive organization with a lot of assets, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to disappear. Like it's, it's not going under, but mm -hmm. uh, there's enough there that I think they're going to continue to be a small cult with a lot of money, yep. a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And maybe that'll be interesting if... Um, I did read an article because I read about Masterson that uh, was kind of dragging Tom back into this, you know. That's interesting. It's just weird that still no one's held him, like, no one, no serious journalist has been like, yeah. you know, calling him out for this kind of weird, like, You don't want to be, if you're a journalist, and right now jobs for journalists for, like, uh, traditional news outlets are pretty hard to get. So let's say you work for... Uh, I don't know, NBC Nightly News, whatever, right? You want to hang on to that job. And if you are the one that made Tom Cruise upset enough that he will never go on NBC again, like, well, well he's just that big. He's just that yeah, big of an artist. You're not going to yeah. be working at NBC anymore. <laughs> well, uh, in the meantime, there's lots of news stories to follow that have nothing to do with Scientology that maybe the next one we'll do is a deep dive into David Grush and the... <laughs> The state of affairs of UFOs in the United, yeah. in the U.S. and and in the world. And um, if you haven't been paying attention, I, I I meant to talk about this at the beginning, but golly, this past week has been a lot for me to take in because it's something that I've been following for a really long time, and it just seems to like continue to escalate. It's just like yeah. a boiling frogs, you know, you know that expression. Yeah, like sure. it's just slowly mm -hmm. cranking it up. And even this week, I'm talking to people and I'm trying to explain to mouth breathers that like don't follow what's going on. There's some people that do and there's some that yeah. don't. But I'm like, no, you need to understand like these people that are coming forward and talking about this now, they're not crazy. They're not. I mean, if they're not an expert, I don't know who is. The, if David Grush is yeah. not an intelligence expert, who is? Right. You yeah. know? Uh, yeah, every, everything I've heard said about him is people, I'm going to eat some more okra. Good. People are going to have any. All the journalists I've listened to that have done any looking into him keep going, boy, he's, yeah, he's legit. Everything he says that he's done, he has done. His Except the guy from held. the New York Post. Oh, um, is that guy? Steven, I don't remember his last name, but he's pretty critical. Okay. He did a whole series on Skinwalker Ranch. He doesn't buy any of that. Mormon nonsense and hmm. just like he, he ties a lot of it together to with like fanatical Mormon beliefs and like a whole lot of nothing. Like there's like this TV show and there's a lot of like entertainment and this aspect. has to do with what with the UFO stuff. Yeah, because I think excuse my Tom or my Brad Good Pitt. Job, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is attractive when you do this. Yeah. Well, I think it has something to do with. Um, <laughs> You kind of do it the way I imagine Danny McBride would do it. <laughs> Thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, it, it has. It, we'll see because Grush, David Grush, is a whistleblower. I don't even think that term applies. My personal opinion, I think that the entire military, like the the the, the Pentagon, the Defense Department, like. They're acting like he's a whistleblower. They're acting like they don't want him to talk about yeah. this. If they didn't want him to talk about it, they wouldn't let him talk about it. Right. Like, it's almost like 
he's even being represented, I believe his attorney is the like from the inspector general's office. And it's like he's he's clearly been given the go ahead to talk about this, but then the Pentagon is saying this is all nonsense. Mm-hmm. This is you can't have it both ways. And so I don't know exactly what's going on, except he's coming out, and for people that don't know, he's saying UFOs have been a thing for 90 years, that there's a crash retrieval program within the United States government that that people don't know about. It's like a secret crash retrieval program and that they have been catching or finding crashed or downed alien spaceships. No, no mincing words here. Alien spaceships with bodies on them, dead or injured pilots from other planets for decades. And basically every five years we scoop up one of these, one of them going back to the 1930s. In 1933, there was a famous UFO sighting under Mussolini's uh, government in Italy. There was a crashed UFO. I've, I've read about it for years, but you don't really know much. But this guy, David Grush, comes out and says that was a thing. And actually, Pope, Pi- or Pope Pius, I think, at the time, I think it was Pope Pius, he in 1944-45, worked with the Americans to tell them about it. And then we came in and scooped, that's his words, we scooped it all up. And that that's been going on 1947 and Roswell. And like, he said every five years, every five years we find or get one of these spaceships. And there's different facilities all around the US where we're trying to study them and reverse engineer them. And so as far as like how wacky is what this, that's, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, to to the average person, but the guy, this guy who's saying it, well, he used to write the president's daily intelligence briefing. So he's not just a... He should be he, a lucid person. Yeah. He obviously, obviously he believes what he's saying. Okay. So my opinion about like what might be going on, like Skinwalker Ranch, I've heard that I think a lot of his sources are the same people involved with that. And those people, maybe they, I don't, I just find when you've paired it with the entertainment aspect of it, you know what I mean? Where it's like TV, that's problematic to me because then it's, is this science? Is this, is this actually real information? No, it's, it's entertaining. That's what we're trying to do is entertain. Mm -hmm. I mean, we say stuff all the time on this show that's, it's not true. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we say things all the time that like it could be wrong. I'm just yeah. I'm not a journalist. I'm not like like if you if you find something I've said that's wrong and you go, Dante, you you were wrong about this, I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm an, an idiot. What yeah, do I know? Probably was, yeah. Probably was. You're probably right. <laughs> what do I know? I have average IQ. I, try I work not a job. <laughs> I try not to just spew out things that I heard once or from a silly looking website. Yeah. I try to like go, well, I heard it. A few times you're from a so few different people. than me because <laughs> but <laughs> I read it on the internet. I swear it's true. <laughs> well, I do most of the stuff I say I'm regurgitating from the internet, but I try to find like more than one place on the internet yeah. that says it. Well, so we'll see. I mean, apparently uh, they're setting up congressional hearings and Senate hearings, and this guy is uh he's gonna be hauled in front of everybody and questioned and uh, if his, um, because he's not actually saying that he's seen anything. Right. That's... He's saying that he's been approached by all of these intelligence people yeah. who have told him these things and shown him some sort of evidence. That's kind of what bothers Maybe. me about it is, 
and like when you go how come nobody's freaking out i'm like somebody made the comment on rogan this is he's not coming with any real specific information he's given general comments about mm-hmm. some people told me about some yeah. stuff and i'm like well lots of people's girlfriends are in to, there yeah you just have to nail it down which yeah. they might do i don't know that keeps happening i i, mean, I was... think my personal opinion of what it is is i'm not saying that the ufo phenomenon isn't real yeah i've seen ufos i know it is real i'm i have this weird gut feeling that i think that it's being weaponized yeah. in a psyop mm-hmm. and it's like they know it's a real phenomenon too and so do the chinese and so do the russians and we're kind of jumping on this and using it as an opportunity to do something else yeah i could be wrong but if his sources come back as the same people who have lied about things in the past you know if it's like the same people saying that an alien invasion is coming or the same people who said weapons of mass destruction i'd say well they're liars <laughs> or they're incompetent but yeah maybe they're wrong i don't know um, that's not to say that the UFO phenomenon isn't real. I've seen it. It is real. It's absolutely a real thing. I think it has been for a long time, but the idea that we have all these craft, we've been trying to reverse engineer them, and it's all been kept secret, mm-hmm. it's a stretch to me. I don't, I don't know. It sounds more like if I was evil and in charge, just like the moon landing, I would just say, fake it. Mm-hmm. I'd do the same thing in this case. Uh, yeah, I'm evil and in charge, and we need to bankrupt the Soviets and the Chinese. Fake it, <laughs> fake it, make them go bankrupt. I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's a good podcast. We've got a good uh, discussion. I feel like we, we as much as like uh, non-experts could talk about Scientology. Well, we probably did. Yeah, I think that uh, like a lot of the subjects we cover, the idea is to give a, an overview enough to where if you want to look into it, we've given you some places to dive deeper but man there are there's plenty of other stuff to get into yeah you could but, you could I mean, spend a long not, time I'm not on it asking to do that i'm just saying we pared it down quite a bit because it's a it's a wild story yeah yeah well check it out if um if you're a fan of the podcast please like subscribe share do all those things we're going to continue to work on this try to get better at it we've like i said we've grown to a, at least a, an amount that i run into people, people that like the about podcast happening yeah. so we're going to keep going whether you're a 12 year old who's uh we're, we're breaking into a new audience now yeah. dads the tweens and the dads so, and the and, yeah, people with dads so um uh we appreciate everybody so much for listening and uh, we look forward to the next one so thank yeah. you